recording. Welcome back to another episode of the Branding Beardos, and today our guest this week is a very talented friend of mine, someone I've known for almost seven years. I first knew Carrie when we both did freelance writing for uh, Singapore's leading digital beauty magazine, Daily Vanity, and then we kind of became fast friends. So, you know, Carrie has been a, a communications and marketing professional for over 10 years with experience in places like... Although Kampaza. she looks very young, eh? Yeah, she looks very young, but <laughs> 10 years already, you know. So she, she, you know, has experience in places like Crown Plaza, Changi Airport. She's also a really prolific self-starter, co-founding sites like the Campbell's and um, running her own site, harrysing.com. So John wants to tell a joke. John, please. And also, right, she's definitely not a square because she works for Circles Life. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That Bad damn. joke alert. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Circle Life's head of the Daily Post, Harry Singh. Harry Singh. Hi guys, great to be here today. Thanks for joining us. Very excited to have you here. It's, uh, Even though we have now two guests in a row who don't have beards, it's still an okay thing. <laughs> yeah, it's still okay thing. <laughs> I think yeah, you you would imagine there'll be more beards. Yeah, now no, right. in work from home, right? But yeah, so it's, the, it's, it's the inability no of people to grow a proper beard because you know yeah. there are some people who grow you know magnificent ones like mine and Kenneth. Okay, Carrie, I, you know, I I know you for a while, but I think I think I don't know you that far back, and I, so I went to like take a look at your LinkedIn and you know, and, and talk about look at your background. I realized that. You didn't take that traditional, you know, go to university, get a job route, right? Mm. Uh, but you did do you did do a diploma in mass comm. And then that's it. After that, you went straight in, got your hands dirty, worked from the bottom up. And now we're here. So can you tell me, you know, can you tell us a little bit more about that? What what why did you decide to do that? Um, I've always been quite uh I guess I have a pretty unconventional way of doing things because actually my parents don't really uh, care that much what I do as long as I'm happy. I'm one of the lucky people, I mean, that my parents think, okay, you just do your own thing and then just earn money, okay? And uh, <laughs> go, go, go live your life, that kind of uh, environment. So when I was pretty, like when I was in primary school even, I remember like I would have a lot of free time. Like I have super lot of free time and then instead of studying, I'll do stupid things like do class magazines, uh, create like anonymous books where people can write like opinions on each other while early community management or over there have to blank wow. out the shitty comments and stuff like that. So thinking back, it's like a lot of what I do now actually Probably was something that I was interested in like way, 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 way long ago when I was a kid. Um, and then, of course, as a, in primary school, I was not that bad. I was like average student. I did pretty well if I studied. When I went into secondary school, I was like not the best student. Like first two years, really good. And then I got into streaming. I went into, you know, uh, triple sciences. And then I was, I was terrible. Like... I never felt so stupid in my life. I literally felt like I was feeling everything and then I only passed like languages. And at that point, I was very, very fortunate. So uh, I had a good form teacher who saw that I was struggling. I was getting into a lot of trouble. He actually let me take a whole new 
okay, the school actually did. The school let me take a whole new um, uh, set of um, uh, subjects for O-levels. And because of that, I realized that I will never ever make a choice whereby I will choose the most coveted path just because it is seen as something like very respectable, like, you know, triple science, very interesting, you could do it, you know. So I said, no, I'm never going to do that again. I'll do everything different. So it was a very, I think, pivotal moment in my youth because at the time, I had to choose between going to JC or Poly. And I actually got really lucky because of what happened with my uh, changes, uh, because of what happened with all of the changes in terms of uh, subjects I was taking, I managed to score a really, really good uh, R L1, yeah, L1, R5? R5? Yeah, R5, yeah. So long ago, can I remember? I just know that it was not bad, lah, okay? So, way, way better than all of the teachers can expect, you know, that kind of thing. So, there I decided, okay, I will go into poly uh, because I knew that would be where I would be able to do better and I would be able to do things that I enjoy. Mm. So, I went to mass comm. Yeah. So, that's the that's start of that, that decision that's all the way to always do the weirder thing or not so typical. All the mass comm people all doing the weird things. <laughs> uh, all the off off filter thing a little bit, you know, a bit weird. Uh, always coming from nowhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unexpected. I think the mass com we are like the Batman of the we are the Batman of of, of the Batman society. <laughs> come in unannounced. Heroes will come in unannounced. And and the thing is that at the at a very early stage in your life, you sort of started to pick up. Oh, uh, value is sort of like what you make of it even yeah. though that like society attributes certain value to certain stream and all that but also value is what you made of it yeah i think what was also important is that not only did i realize what value really meant for me as a person but i also realized that you know second chances are very important sometimes you just fail a lot like you you just fail and it doesn't mean that you suck or you're stupid or you can't do anything good with your life uh, I think, yeah, there were always, there was always people who were thinking, oh, you failed in this thing, you know, you're not going to amount to much. I had a lot of teachers who were like that. But I also had a lot of good teachers who said, no, 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 you just retake all your subjects, you do something good for yourself. So that's also why, like, you know, even now, like when I'm choosing a job or, you know, the next career move or choosing the next thing to work on, I try not to do things that are, like, too safe. Yeah, mm. even though I'm not really a risk taker by nature, but it's just experience. Experience taught me to always try the crazy. Oh, what do you mean by safe? What's safe in our context? I think safe is, you know, the typical rule. Like, oh, by this age, try and get a boyfriend. By this age, try and get a job that pays you $5,000, $6,000, $10,000. If not, you have no value, you know. If not, it doesn't mean you're good. I think there's a lot of this kind of underlying feelings. A lot of people will think that, oh, how come you're being paid so little for the work that you do? Does it mean, then, you know, they, they sort of have a value system that's very different, whereby it's like, okay, yeah. maybe it means it's not really that important work that you do, which is not true. A lot of people I think, that, yeah. I think something interesting about it was that, like, safe also seems to be something where you don't need to stick your neck out at the job yeah. all the time, right? Yeah. Because I think, John, you have this same experience where I think a lot of times, and Carrie and, and me too, a lot of times we have to stick our neck out and take the risk and, you know, 
It wasn't just oh, no, well, it was the, the blade. The blade was kind of like already there, already making marks on the neck. You know, but I I like what you said about uh, you know the pay part because I I also myself you know I started out my career in this industry. Uh, forced my foot through the door, my very large foot through the door, and took up <laughs> took up a position uh, that my take home at that time right in advertising my take home no kidding thousand four hundred bucks. Hmm. But you 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 learn fast lah. That was the thing lah. But the I sticking think. the sticking the neck out part is important for any <laughs> career. <laughs> just go and you know, just try. I think so, yeah, yeah. It, it makes yeah, sense. So takes a risk. It's true that you you have to take a risk, which which brings me in your career, which brings me this uh question. I noticed at a point, I think I started to know you a little bit later when. You you transition between you were P you were in PR and then you, you left into working at Crown Plaza Changi Airport, and I think that was when I know you. And then you had this like curve, like that was like just exponential growth. I started to notice that, and I think you really assume both responsibility and and risk. And I'm just very curious to know what helped you make that huge mental shift. Okay. Um, I really think honestly that I have been very fortunate so I'm not being humble or anything I really really think that there were a lot of opportunities that I didn't actively search for but it just came right what mm. I did was when those opportunities came I just had to say to myself okay I should dare to take a risk and just do it you know like because yes. it's already there like why not so for the first time, it was okay for PR after working about one and a half years. And you know, PR is, is really, it's a really tough job. Okay. Yes. I really like PR people, it's a tough job. It's like crazy hard. So yep. after one and a half years, I was really exhausted. And I, 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 I decided to take a risk. I said, I'm going to quit for no reason. Like just that I need to rest and get my, my health back in order, like mental health. And then uh, just so happened that a colleague who I was really close with in the in that firm, the agency, she, uh, he was like, hey, you know, I have a client in IHG and uh, they are looking for somebody for Crown Plaza. Why don't you try? And you know, at that point of time, I wasn't very confident about myself. I was just like, this is my like second full-time job, you know, and first PR job. I'm not really like a marketing, marketing person. And I was wondering, huh? Can I do it? Then I was not really keen on it. But at the same time, I was like, oh, somebody really, really believed in me like, and wanted me to try. So I said, okay, I'll send in my resume. So I sent in my first resume. And uh, mind you, I, I have a poly degree. Uh, no, I don't have a degree. I only have a poly diploma. So honestly, sometimes it's really quite hard to get my foot through the door. Um, so I get that experience. Uh, and I, got, I didn't get an answer back. But my friend kept saying, hey, they're still looking and my client's still asking, why haven't I sent it in? So I said, no, I, I sent it. I sent it already. So he said, why don't you send it again? And I think most people at this point, they'll be like, why should I send it again, right? Like, yeah. They obviously don't want me, but I just thought, okay, fine. Like, let me just send it in again. So I sent Maybe it Maybe go spam folder or <laughs> what, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, just shoot your shot, right? Yeah. So I sent it in and yet again, nothing came back. And then the third time I sent and then my friend kept saying, hey, you haven't sent I was like, hmm, is it really I didn't send it in or like something is wrong here? But I think by the time, the fifth time, I, I put my foot down, I said, hey, like I wouldn't do this again. Like I'm going to send it in the last time 
and I told my uh, colleague, I said, hey, can you just check in with the person? Like, I have really sent it in like five times. I don't want to look like a crazy desperate person to yeah. the HR. Can you see if she can check in with them and see what happens? And just miraculously, that fifth time was a charm. I got a call back and then I got the interview. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they wanted to test your persistence. Yeah, like, this girl is so young, you know. You know, in hotels, usually um, most of most of the marketing people, uh, at least back de- back in the day, they are at least like three <laughs> over years old, you know, like yeah, yeah. They're not like 24, 25 years old kids, you know. They're not that kind of of of. And I I was quite young. I think I was twenty four. Yeah, twenty four. Mm-hmm. So honestly mm-hmm. speaking, like as a hiring manager now, looking back, it's like yeah, that was a stretch, you know. <laughs> like, Would you have hired yourself? I think wow, that's a, that's good, a good question. Yeah, it's a really good question. Like, come to think of it, like yeah, I had a lot of potential, but I guess you know, at that at that stage, if looking back, if it was me deciding, I think I wouldn't have. But now, like knowing that, oh yeah, I could deli- I could actually deliver a lot more. You know, it's just a learning process. I would say, yeah, you know, just just hire me. I will do a good job, and I know that because I still have friends in the industry. They still think that I've done good with very little budget you know mm. in hotels yeah, I, yeah i think you were like manager of, of the quarter for one of the years right yeah i mean they, uh, yeah, they get to, uh, employees you know to make them feel like wow okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to me it wasn't so important to get those things like even you know i stayed there for four years and honestly speaking um i stayed mostly because you know i got to experience a lot of interesting things like for example having to work with very old uncles and engineers who are not used to working with young very young mm. ladies who and i was given opportunity to like do um what's it called uh there was we have a green committee you know like most hotels have like a green committee and they sent me to go on stage and talk about what is our green efforts and everything when everywhere was all engineering uncles like that was the, the stereotype and they were just so amazed that I could talk about the green things. And I was like, no, this is very normal, you know. Like, you, you just need to rehearse or something, you know. But to them, it was out of this world. So that was that moment towards the end of my like, career in that stage. Uh, where I was thinking, hmm, I think uh, if got a good opportunity, I don't mind to explore other places. Yeah, like, right, you know? right. Yeah, I was getting a bit stagnant. So um, it was fun while it lasted. And it was a good opportunity to learn about PO, very very old school processes, your process, la, you know, finance, mm. uh, that sort of thing, like, oh, how to talk to a slightly older manager, because all along I've been in PR and all that, everybody's about roughly the Everybody's same young, everybody's yeah, your age, yeah. Maybe max 40 years old, like, I wouldn't be, like, speaking to a GM, like, 50 plus years old, never done digital marketing before, you know, that kind of thing, or very little like, exposure to it. So... It was interesting, but at the same time, I also knew like I didn't know enough to grow. So I did ask them, hey, can you bring in a senior person? I don't mind. I want to learn. And did, but at the same time, the growth was still a bit slow for me. And it just so happened that just nice, I got like a random phone call one day from this recruiter. And let's call him S. And S was just like, hey, I got this offer. Um, I can't tell you who it is. I can't tell you where, but uh, 
yeah, it's a tech company, you know, uh, I think it is good for you. Would you like to, to interview for this oh. role? I was like, huh? You know, like, can you imagine somebody calling you and it's so yeah. like dubious and then saying blah, 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 yeah. blah. And like, what is this about? I've so gotten this kind of call before. Really? Panic mode starts to start to set in. Just be like, what? Like, you're trying to kidnap me? Yeah. Like, this like a, it's a, like I can't a tell you about thing. them. I can't tell you where the place in fact, we'll have to blindfold you to take you to the <laughs> place. You also have to resign your job now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, must sign NDA, okay? Yeah. I went yeah. for an interview where I had to sign NDA before, and that's crazy. I yeah. think I get it. Like, sometimes really, you know, now that I, I, I know what the situation was like at the time, I get it because it was completely new. There needs to be a lot of confidentiality. They didn't want to yeah. take off competition back then because yeah. okay, the interview was for Circle's life, which now everybody knows and they won't yeah. have to quickly call you and then tell you, cannot tell you what company. But back yeah. then, before launch, it was so secretive because... Right, because they would have been murdered. Like, <laughs> like it would have been nipped in the butt, right? By, right. by the powers that be. So I mean... Was, yeah. We all know how it is. It's very competitive. It's a very competitive industry, right? Yeah. I mean, but the, for, for, for you, when you got there and started hearing, because at the time, obviously, no one has heard about them, you know? Yeah. So for you, what was your, your, your reaction? What made you want to take that plunge? Yeah. Back then, uh, I, I just took a leap of faith. I said, okay, I'm going to this dodgy ass. Uh, sorry, cut it out. Um, <laughs> no, we're I keeping that in. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to this <laughs> So I'm going to this dodgy like building in Henderson with like weird toilets, you know, like when you walk out you're like in an industrial building. And then I was like thinking and there was no sign. The sign was just a piece of paper at the time, like with the name of the, the holding company back then. And I was like, okay, I'm sure it's safe. <laughs> so I <laughs> So I walked in and then uh, basically I did an interview with um, the co-founder, Ramiz. Uh, and oh. I think most people would know uh, Ramiz from the news and all that. But in real life, he's a very personable person and he's very driven by values and, you know, culture and also wanting to build something greater that we will all be able to enjoy, like, you know, like something that is unbelievable. Um, and so he was telling me about um, how this would change the entire telco industry. And that's something that, you know, when he spoke about it, I was so like, wow, I'm sold, man. It's like, I don't care about the job, you know. Just give me the plan. Like, I don't really need the job. If you if you don't want to hire me, it's fine. But I want to be number one customer. I think, and that was the point that he said, okay, maybe this person is interesting. I don't know. So, I was sold on the product, honestly. I don't think I would have accepted the job otherwise. <laughs> he still he still jobs you up, basically. He's like, ooh, ooh. he jobs you <laughs> But that's a very fond memory, yeah. It's a very yeah, fond yeah. memory. I remember it forever, yeah. And then from like there, you, you actually rose through the ranks and you became, and now you are like actually head of the daily poll. I would say, life. okay, I want to say, like, we really have no ranks. Like, I'm not being humble again. Like, really, literally, this is super flat structure. There is some leadership. Um, mm -hmm. But even me now, even though I'm saying head of the people, I'm really like everyone else. Everybody is like a super mini entrepreneur, like, doing their own thing, trying to figure it. out the best way forward. It's, it's a I great environment it. to be in. But it's also a very challenging environment to be mm. in. I have many days where I'm like, oh, I really don't know what to do, you know? It's like, this is Stop. new... Yeah. I'm stuck, I need help, and 
you know, recently I found out that, yeah, this is, this is what growth feels like. It feels like every day is like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. But, <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I, thought totally. of that. I think that's where you, that's where you push the boundaries when you don't know. Because yeah. I think when you know too much, then you'll be too safe. Yeah. yeah. I think for you, it was the perfect kind of environment because you've, you've already stuck your neck out so much already. Yeah. So <laughs> might as well go with that. Stuck my okay. neck out the air. <laughs> So then you are saying, okay, we, we know you're head of daily poll, but for those that are unfamiliar with this daily poll thing, what is it? And actually, what are you trying to do here with this risk taking with daily poll? Okay, so daily poll has a really interesting story. Um, right now, I'll just tell you what it is first. It's actually a polling platform on the CircleSife app. So anybody with a CircleSife app, you can download it and you can see what daily poll is. Every day we have 30 to 50 questions about a variety of uh, different topics, current affairs, uh, behaviors, what do you choose, this or that. And we have lots of uh, actually fans. I think they will come in almost you know, every other week, every day, you know, just playing tons and tons of questions. Um, so we actually started daily polls sometime in doing World Cup period. When was World Cup? Honestly, like the years are all a blur now. But it was the last year. Yeah, I think this so. 2018, yeah, yeah, I think so. 2018 World Cup, we decided to say, hey, let's reward customers, get them engaged by letting them choose what, which is the winning teams for all of the different uh, uh, matches. So especially the popular ones. So people actually got really excited about it. Like tons of people flooded into the app, tried to play it, mostly, of course, our users. Um, and uh, yeah, it was such a success that after that, they couldn't bear to like let it you know, just disappear. Mm -hmm. So there was, like I said, everybody's an entrepreneur. There was a very entrepreneurial spirited uh, young intern who was converted into an exec and he took it and he decided this is something cool. I'm going to do one question a day. Mm, and okay. for a while he was doing that until, you know, he left and then I took over and I was thinking, this is a really good product. It is naturally sticky. People are playing this every day there must be some greater value that I can give to both the users and to other businesses. And that's when the, you know, the thought process went on, like, hmm, what could I do? And now we can actually collect uh, consumer insights. We can wow. figure out how users are behaving, what are they purchasing, just, and they're willing to share this because they trust us, right? That we're not going to sell them out. And that's not what the intention is anyway. Hmm. Intention is to build a product whereby the user is able to tell us things that they enjoy and they do so that you can serve them with better products for them. I don't want to hard sell them. I want to make it an entertaining and fun experience mm. for them. Mm. So we've tried that as well where we run campaigns with uh, partners. Like right now we're running a Zenium campaign. Uh, we've run some with Tiger Hall, different apps and startups and just want to expose their products in a fun way to users so that they know that these things exist. You know, like the I think the greatest... Uh, problem we have, especially in the startup side is, you know, we have that saying, um, if you build it, they will come. And then you realize that like, you build it and they don't come. I mean, this is also something I think about every day, like, oh, I built this thing, you know, and I got to get people to come. You know? <laughs> so, I, I mean, it resonates with me. And that's why I think businesses, I want to see how I can help businesses. How can I solve, like, do they have questions about consumers? How can I help them answer those through daily poll? And at the same time, if I can expose their product and it, it's mm. something the users like, why not? Like, you know, it's uh, the best of both worlds. I think that's super, you know, because it's like really using an innovative idea to not only gain valuable insight, 
But at the same time, you know, it's entertaining for people. You know, and you say it's, it's the stickiness. And, and definitely much better than uh, some companies. Not doing a survey. Or, no, yeah, yeah. No, not only doing a survey, we're still just putting something on stupid on Facebook. You know, some stupid post that, oh, feel good about yourself today. You know, every day, like this kind of thing becomes very sickening after. And there's, it's pointless for business to do that. And, I'm, yeah. and what I'm trying to drive at for, for those businesses looking especially, you know, their branding and the marketing. Yeah, you, you are only going to make things work if you don't do stupid things that other people have clearly failed at already before. And you really have to think in different ways how to, how the new ways to engage with someone. Because mm. I, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a daily pole user. So like, I'm the kind of person that will go in every day, go into the ad, just answer the question. You know, Carrie sometimes, sometimes Carrie will receive a screenshot from me. Right? <laughs> And I will just go alone because it's so like the answer is so like for example, right, like something like more than half of the, the audience think that Wikipedia is trust like trustworthy. <laughs> and I like I had to screenshot it and then they're like, Are you kidding me? And yeah, so I mean it just it gets the reaction from from the user. And I think the ability to sort of use that data to produce insight or like marketers like yeah. us who and then data yeah. data 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 so well this one i think me and kenneth went went full blast on this before because you know you need data come on guys out there people people okay your marketing team <laughs> or, non, or non-existent ones no data nothing okay you cannot it, it means like okay your data means you know who to shoot when to shoot you know, and when to blast oh, out certain shoot. things. Yeah, yeah. You know, without data means I try lah. Every one I'm going to try to hit. But then the thing is, you don't have enough resources to do it. Correct? And then after that, when people ask you about your marketing budget and all that, don't have. Not so important. Not so important to reach out to people who's going to pay money to come to your brand. Are you kidding me? You know, is there any logic? Just listen to yourself thing. Eh? Don't want to spend money. To get people who will eventually spend money and stay with you. You think about it. I, I think, so, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 I mean, yeah, and what Carrie is doing is the complete opposite, right? It's, it's really the data that you can, then you can zoom in on the right kind of person who you know, then know will want what you're selling. And if you, and they don't want what you're selling, you're not going to waste money to sell it. Yeah, I think yeah. what. I mean, from my perspective, being from, I was in an environment whereby literally it's like every month is like zero budget, right? You know, and you have to fight for yeah. the budget and all that, like from to the nail. So it's like, I get it. Like, I get why marketers are so maybe unable to or don't have exposure to understand how to use data. I was like that, right? Back when I was in the hotel, I literally didn't know where to start. Mm. And I think that's, that's the important thing also. Like, what can I do to help? other marketers understand the power of all these things because mm. the more I'm learning about it, like previously, I wouldn't say I'm a, a expert in this. I'm still not an expert in this. I'm learning every day and I'm seeing so many opportunities but you have to start first. You start somewhere and you actually figure out like, hey, actually I can ask this question mm. and then I'll realize like, oh, this is the insight I'm getting from this question. Let me use this as an experiment. You know, stuff like right. that. Yeah. That's fantastic. So like, you know, Come about experimenting. Don't right? need all your Philip Kotler book. Just listen to Carrie Sim. <laughs> so, so talk about your, 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 your experimentation, right? 
uh, let's talk a little bit about personal brand all the experimentation you're doing in it. You, you really are one of those content creators that I think try a lot of new and different things. You go from strength to strength. And you work with quite a few, you know, popular brands. You got Lancome, you got Philosophy, but you also got Coca-Cola. You work with these, these brands. I mean, can you tell me a little bit more about your approach as a content creator and what you've learned in these years? I feel like when I started, I honestly just wrote for fun. I mean, a lot of people will tell you the same thing, right? Nobody writes to... I mean, yeah, there are some people who write to a money. Nobody writes to be famous, la, but... Yeah, I mean, nobody starts yeah. out thinking, I'm going to be famous with this article. Mm, that's you know? true. That's true. But you kind of just grow into it, you know, like, over time. Especially, I feel like the most successful people I've seen who are content creators are very curious people. And it's, I think curiosity is something that's really lacking I don't know why in Singapore, like the curiosity to say, why is it this thing is happening? Why so is it like I, this? Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. when I started blogging, of course I blog about things I like, right? Like, okay, beauty, fashion, you know, that kind of mm. thing. Mostly beauty mm. with my friend Richie when we were doing Campbell's. And then mm. after that, we decided, okay, we have different schedules. So let's, I did my own thing independently. And that was when I decided to just try maybe other things. And the thought process was just, what if, you know, do I think I'm a fashionable person? No, I don't feel very fashionable. What if I want to be a fashionable person? What should I try? Then I started trying things and experimenting in that way, right? Um, as I grew and then as I wrote more and I learned what I preferred to go into, you know, like maybe from a wellness kind of perspective, I started mm. experimenting with other content. Do I regret some of those content? Yes. There are things like skinny tees that I don't really think I will want to endorse anymore, you know, but it, it's a growing process. Like you will hit and you'll miss. It's the same as marketing. Mm. You've got to try mm. everything, right? So by the time, like, I, I mean, the last couple of years, I've been more or less pretty, like, I'm not so much of a, I don't know, like, so into beauty anymore, into mm. fashion anymore, because I just, I'm just so focused on work, right? So uh, I spend a lot of time then like just getting used to, you know, how I feel about my own body and body confidence. And this is when I realized I can't write about body confidence every day. I don't want to be like prancing around my underwear like 24 seven. That's not, <laughs> that's not so normal. You know? <laughs> my, my husband also said before, it's like, yeah, you girls can prance around in your underwear and then it's like, oh, body positivity. But then if it's, you know, Guys, I think, you know, that, you know, cannot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about this, we were just talking about this the other day, and how, <laughs> how, how personal branding is not uh, running naked through the woods and then discovering <laughs> yourself. Yeah, I mean, I think personal branding is more like, oh, where, what can you bring value? How can you bring mm. value to other people? Even in the content, right? Like, even no matter how different the content I write, it, I always have a point of view like, okay, how can I do this so that people understand me better, faster or whatever? Like, but how, how do you want people to see you? Because, you know, the, the personal brand, especially for, for you, who's carefully built up something, you know, whether uh, purposefully or accidentally kind of thing. But Put a lot of effort into it. Uh, what is the personal, what is, what is brand carries in? I'm very conscious about keeping it real. I think, you know, this is like lip service. A lot of people will be like, okay, I'm going to keep it real. Yeah, but, keep it real, babe. <laughs> you know, but 
the reality is that keeping it real means that you have to spend a lot of time talking and thinking about things. It's not just like when you're posting it, you keep it real. Like, oh, right now I'm eating my food or like, oh, I'm stuck at home now. I hate it. Like, keeping it real also means that do you have time to think about how you, you know, your reflections on this particular issue as opposed to just writing whatever comes to my first step. Like, I feel that's like what keeping it real is for me. And that's why I try to do everything that I do with that in mind. So even in on LinkedIn, like recently I've been a little bit more active there, you know, especially as I start building a new brand like Daily Fall. I, I don't really think of it like, oh, I can only do this kind of post. But mm. whatever I do, whether I'm learning or whether I find something interesting, you know, I do, I behave how as I would want to behave with friends or with colleagues, mm. right? I want to be helpful, supportive. And that's why I feel it's being authentic and real. Like, mm. You don't really need to think so much like, oh, uh, I need to have five posts that are helping mm-hmm, like five mm-hmm. well, I mean, this is yeah. very, you know, constructive. Yeah. Just be yourself. Right. I mean, if you are helpful, then you are helpful. You know, this authentic yeah. thing, uh, this is something that uh, really, uh, it's like, un- it's like sand in my underwear, you know, honestly. <laughs> and so many people, right, uh, again, not to slag off my fellow professionals, I really don't <laughs> intend to. You know, but everyone's talking about be real, be authentic, you know. Be and, yourself. And be yourself. But it's like, when you read, when you read the kind of content, that is, it's almost like, you know, the kind of your hair stands, <laughs> like, oh, I'm bloody cringing, yeah. you know. For me, the be real is, hey, come on, uh, be, be real, right? Be you, right? It's, it's kind of like what you are, yeah. what you are doing. But for, for people who are really trying to discover their, their personal brand, right? How would you then interpret? Because there are these people who are looking mm. to build will always be looking at this. Be real. Be yourself. You know, that kind of mode. But how, so what how does that really get, mean? How yeah. will you slap them in the face and get them back on track? What is the real thing that they should be looking at? Yeah, how, how will you get them to realize yeah. what being real really means? I guess if you're saying like give people advice, I would suppose that they are struggling with it. Lah, you know, like even yeah. after doing the yeah, be yeah, real thing, it's not working. Yeah, and it's not if working. it's not working, then you should change the way you look at it, right? This is simple mm. advice. It's just, if this isn't working, then try something else. Yeah. Like, if you know that being so constructed, so curated doesn't work yeah. for you, why not take a risk? It's not yeah. working already. Correct. Right. And that's right, no? because it's, being real, right, also means accepting a reality check. Mm. It's and being vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. You have right? to. Yeah. Because you, you're taking the risk. Like, and I mean, it's very clear, Carrie, that even though you say you are not a risk taker, you are, <laughs> you keep taking risks. <laughs> yeah, you, you are the skydiver who went out of the plane with the little straw, the little, <laughs> little umbrella uh, that you put the umbrella. in the pina colada. And, and the cool part is that you are saying, take a risk, right? Be, be yourself, be vulnerable. Do Being you real is, that, a, is a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that, that is almost always the case with personal brands that if you really want to be be real, you you have to sort of open up a little bit of the belly and show that vulnerability? I think there's also a difference between just, you know, waxing lyrical about everything. You know, there's also another kind, like complete opposite whereby you're just like, wow, you know, the first thing comes to mind, just like boom. And then that's, that's it. I, I mean, that's fine. If that's something that you are conscious of and that's what you want to portray, I think that's totally fine. But at the same time, it's like, if you want to be real, you have to understand sometimes you're going to take a risk right when you're being real. 
you might want to reflect first. You know, it's, it's, yes. it's okay to share. But can you reflect first and think, is this what I really want to say? What is my yeah. objective of saying this? Who, who am I serving? Am I serving myself or someone else? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to get your ass kicked or not? <laughs> but honestly, even when you're being real, sometimes, you know, things happen. Uh. Bad things happen, right? To, mm-hmm. to people yeah. with the best intentions. Mm-hmm. And maybe at that stage, you just got to deal with it and not take it so personally. Uh. You know, it's going to hurt for a while. But then just, okay, you know, it was a bad call. Just accept it. Acknowledge it you know, explain why, I mean, don't give yourself excuses, just be like, you know, that's what happened and just move on. People forget after a while and they'll admire you for doing the right thing, uh, you know. And and you say that it's explaining yourself and it's not so much of a, you got to accept me, it's my brand, either you take me or leave (laughs) it. What's what's your take on this kind of uh, approach to personal branding and defending (laughs) yourself? I think it's okay. Is okay, so there's this thing that I feel like this fa- phrase that helps me figure things out, right? You know, does it work for you or not? Mm. If it works for you and it gives you the KPIs that you want, is mm. you know, delivering the value that you mm. want, you know, then go for it. Like, who's to say that's wrong? Let's be real. <laughs> but if let's say you're doing this as part of like a, I don't know, a strategy or a tactic, I don't know, and then it's not working and you still insist on doing it and get upset that it's not working, mm. I think there's a problem, you know, like, there's something not connecting with who, what your real personal brand is and what you're portraying to people. So, mm. it goes the same, even for non, even for non, like, you know, just very hot-headed kind of content, like, even just talking about inspirational content, you, we've all seen the kind of airy, fairy, inspirational content, like, you know, life's going to be great or whatever. And then, you know, when you look at the person, it's like, I cannot relate to this message. It's then, like me reading that, no. <laughs> Life is going to be great. But I not, not at all. <laughs> Fail. I guess, like, if it works, if, it, if you experiment and it works, and then this is something that you really want, like, this is the direction you want to go, then okay, just do but if it's not, and it's not working, then don't get so upset about it, you know? Like, yeah. just be yourself. Just move on to another aspect of yourself. You're a multifaceted person, you know? I, I really, I really That is so beautiful to hear. Yeah, I really love it. And that's really amazing. That's a good, that's a good one. I, you know, that one confirmed quick cut. <laughs> For sure. The multifaceted you. Wow. Yeah, like being a multifaceted Can, can I pinch you? that and use it as part of my personal branding uh, programs? Pretty please. <laughs> yeah, that's so I cannot trademark that word. It's just wow. a word, man. Big John's new personal branding program. The multifaceted you. <laughs> I trademark it. I, anyone out there is using it, I will sue you. <laughs> yeah, but I think oh, a lot of people realize that, la, that you're actually not like... Okay, so something that I've learned also from trying so many things is that sometimes you feel a little bit like worried about who you're becoming because you feel like you're not yourself, right? Like, yeah. identity crisis, you know, like, uh, one minute I'm this person, one minute I'm that person. But, but like, am I really, am I bullshitting people or is this really, you know? Yeah. And I think it, it's a little bit harder, especially if you really do, in, you do intend to be as real as you can be, like as authentic as you can be, because then you start reflecting on these things and you start to like get a bit, you know, confused, I feel. Yes. Yes. But I feel that, you know, I don't think we give ourselves enough space to accept that we are not always going to be one person. Like, 
Yeah. You don't expect somebody to be really wow. bothered to be brainless or bimbotic all the time. Like, yeah, I like to enjoy these things, but I can also be smart and do other things, you know, like yeah. maybe I like gaming or I like mm. uh, marketing, I like experimenting. So I feel like in general, maybe it's because of how stereotypes, you know, how we subscribe to certain stereotypes about people. <laughs> so yeah. we don't really think so much like, oh, you know, my myself, like, if I'm looking at something, I'm like, oh, judging them and all that. Do mm. I, okay, I have to think about myself that like, I'm not always like that kind of person, you know, or this kind of person. I'm also somebody else. One minute I like to exercise, next minute I'm a slot. Does it mean that I'm crazy? It's not also, it's just being human, right? Right, right. It's a, it's a dichotomy of your humanity, basically. Yeah. You get to choose at any yep. time who you want to be, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really, that's, that's really, that's I think some sort, sort of clarity as well because the why the need to be so real and so authentic with yourself in a non-BS non-bullshit way is because and me and Kenneth again we were just talking about the same whatever you were just mentioning and you really hit it on point is that it's it's going to be so tough right to if you're not true and to yourself and you start building this other persona of yourself that you cannot maintain right Mm -hmm. then everything starts to crumble very quickly because you you will go into that mode of, oh, I must do this, 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 this because I have this thing to maintain. But yeah. it's not really me, but I'm doing it because I have to. And and then there will be the disconnect already with your brand. It's gone after that. I think it also relates to how, you know, we approach marketing and branding in general. Mm. Actually, it's, it's all the same things, right? Sometimes you try and force a kind of brand persona, you know, and it just doesn't fly. You know, you, you don't have to worry like, oh, I'm going off brand or whatever. Just try an experiment. Sometimes you think you're a Deadpool, but you turn out to be, you know, uh, uh, some something else. I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. Yes. So don't force it. You're, you're absolutely, absolutely right. Don't force it. Don't make it something. Don't do something that you're not. Don't try too hard. Because yeah, everyone will know it now. And I think yeah. in today's in today's market where people are so, I mean, the reality, the transparency is so appreciated. Mm. If you try too hard, it's 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 not trying, not telling you to not put in effort, but mm. don't overdo it. You know, because everyone will know it. And you, like you're, you know, when you talk about branding and like brand tone, right? This is something that I've learned, especially since we've sort of like evolved the brand tone for Circle Life over time. Mm. So I'm not working on brand, but I've seen it go through the phases, and I've seen also competitors who have tried to take on a tone that obviously is not, it's not that natural to them. You get what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. can get agency in. You you know you can you can bring all these external parties in. You yeah, can do, yeah. you can get agi young person to try and come in and do your social marketing. But end of the day, is, is this your brand? Like, yeah. your brand is actually driven by your values, your right. focuses, how you treat your customers, right? It's the whole thing. And if you decide just to say, oh, I'm going to just put this tone on top so that mm. it will look like, oh, I'm so cool or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all the time. I never say, uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. The, the image of is a guy very stuffy suits, you know. Corporate uh, lah, you know, corporate guy. Yeah, very, very corporate. Guy, yeah. So when I, whenever, for me, this is a very good case in point of trying too hard. Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's you know, you, it's, it's like the, the totally uncool person uh, trying to be hip, you know. 
in a in a oh, hip hop party, also to in speak. a hip hop party, trying to do a ballroom dance kind of thing, or at the like, so to speak, when you when you scroll, when you scroll, right, John, you see like yeah, why this this ad trying to sound like circles, uh? yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, 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 not yeah. because of Carrie, we are saying this, uh, but for me, when I look, that's why I, I don't, but it's it's this they 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 are trying. I mean the yeah, let's give them a round of applause. Yeah. Give them credit effort, for trying. Effort, effort. but it's it's really because of how the brand is projected and how people are handled uh, around, uh, and even hearing some me 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 from ex staff and all that, right? You know that whatever they are trying to do is only because they think that they have to do it because mm-hmm. the market is like that now, so we must keep up with the times. Oh, it's not right. really them, you know. Oh, right. I guess they don't realize that. Oh, actually, it's not just there. It's a lot of companies. They just think that marketing is just slapping on the... Yeah. How it looks on the outside. But it's really everything. Yeah. It's about the customer experience also. And yes. these actually translate over time. Like people actually see right. it. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that you have to have AG person talking on customer service. That's exactly. not the point. The point is, yes. as this persona, you know, you're appealing to a certain persona. You know, they expect a certain level of service or they expect a certain type of service. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on top of that, they appreciate certain kind of humor, certain kind of content. And by just mm-hmm. doing all these things, you don't even have to always be um, very edgy, very witty, very funny yeah. or whatever. You just got to be, you know, just got to focus on what you really intend to do with the brand. Yeah. There's all this oh. rebuilding from the core because putting lipstick and a wig on a pig is still a pig. <laughs> yep. So, like, I, you know, I'm very, I'm very glad I have you on the show because, like, really, the insights are amazing. Uh, last question. Yeah, last question. Last question. Okay. Okay. Um, you really have a threat of. Let's jump and see what happens, right, in your story. Uh, for people who are afraid to take that leap, if you can only say one thing to them, metaphorically, don't really jump off. One yes. thing you have to tell them to get them to sort of take that risk. What would that be? Like one word or what? Like one. I got one word enough. One. <laughs> uh, one word not enough. One word I tell you, just jump. Just, okay, just one. One. <laughs> one thing. One, yeah. One. One thing. One thing. Wow, very hard, eh? I mean, I'll just say whatever I will say yeah. to the person, so I'm a bit lost. So, um, but I will say like, you know, being brave isn't just doing things like it's not like your brave means oh i'm going to like i'm courageous i'm just gonna do it now you know okay courage is like you are shivering and you don't really know whether this is the right thing to do but you just say okay i will still do it because i believe that this is something i need like i need or i want to do and then you just take that first step it's like when you stand at the top of like I'm taking a cliff diving example again, you know, uh, an anecdote from my real life whereby I'm standing on a cliff and I'm jumping off. <laughs> so when you're standing there, nobody is courageous when you're standing on a cliff, man. Like, you will surely be scared unless, you know, I don't know, you, you have balls of steel or what. Like, I mean, there are some people like that. But majority of people don't have balls of steel. They're not born that way, especially as Singaporeans. We don't have, a lot of us don't have. That's why we have balls of steel, you know? We, we are, I mean, we are brought up to feel like, okay, we got to be safe, we got to risk, you know, mitigate risk, number one yeah. thing, you know. So, 
when you're standing there, it's natural that you are shaking and you are scared. But that doesn't mean that you cannot just jump off. It doesn't mean it's impossible for you to jump off just because you're scared. It's just that moment when you decide, like that moment when you think, okay, just do it, you know, like mm. not to quote Nike or anything, but like, you know, you just have to connect. I wanted to do this. I really think that it's scary, but I will try. And then you just like take that one step and then it's too late. You know? <laughs> and you're going down. <laughs> and go already. But that's the thing. When once it's too late, you'll figure it out, man. I mean, I'm not talking about like other things where it's irreversible, but some things, if you have thought it through and you're still at that verge, then yes, this works, right? Yeah. Nice. That's amazing. Carrie, thank you for coming on the Branding Beardos. Grazie mille. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. Really appreciate it. And uh, if you really like Carrie's uh, uh, chat, you know, you, you want to share what Carrie has said, remember to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, and share it on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you very much. Bye.